Testing, testing, testing. Testing, testing, sibling. Uh, sibling. <laughs> is that like a testing word or is that, just, think, is that just yours? I think that's like a joke. Like that's what roadies used to do. And I think Tom Hanks did that when he's supposed to be like a roadie on SNL. It's no. a world skit. <laughs> um, so. Ah, siblings. Fuck siblings. I have no idea if that's a real thing. <laughs> you know, it was a real thing. The Alien versus Predator crossover movie. Yep. This is a plural. There's two of them. For some reason, there's two. Seven days ago, one of my satellites over Antarctica discovered a pyramid. Where exactly on the ice is this? It's not on the ice. It's 2,000 feet under it. make history oh my god whoever built this pyramid believed in ritual sacrifice did you hear that what did you say this room was called sacrificial chamber this story's all here this whole thing was a trap They're not hunting us. We're in the middle of a war. They're using us as bait. I... There's, there's surprisingly a lot to talk about in terms of production. Maybe not so much in terms of the movie. But, uh, hello. Welcome back to the Alien and Predator retrospective series. I'm your host, Diego Crespo. Also your host... Matt Garingo. Hi, I took about a half a page of notes. I I have notes open on my laptop right now, but they're all like snippets from other places because mm-hmm. this movie's uh, it's just a little bit of an oddball. I'm just movie. worried because how little are we going to have to talk about AVP Requiem? <laughs> uh, it has fantastic makeup and like special effect design. Well, so did this movie, but... Yeah, yeah. Uh, right off the bat, both these movies. Uh, Alec Gillis worked on both of them. He's, he's worked on the Alien franchise for, for decades now. And uh, really great stuff across the board, especially, I guess, like, spoiler alert, but whatever the fuck, uh, for the, the Pred-Alien that shows up in full in Requiem. It looks amazing when you can see it, when there's, like, lighting. Uh We'll get there. We'll cross that bridge when we come to it. For Alien vs. Predator, directed by fan favorite Paul W.S. Anderson. Uh, Matt, what are your thoughts on Paul W.S. Anderson? He sucks. Oh, I, I like him. I'm not, I don't know. I don't hate the guy. Uh, he did Event Horizon, which is a movie I don't like at all. Uh, he did Resident Evil, um, which I have a soft spot for because I saw that when I was like really young, like right before the zombie movie. Boom. Um, and I really enjoyed that as a kid. Now when I watch it, I can't stand the score to it. Oh, the angsty new metal score? <laughs> oh, it's it's such a product of its time. But a dude gets cut into, like, cubes in it, and that's pretty cool. 
Yeah. Oh, that's the best part of the movie. That was actually a pretty cool scene, although I don't understand the logic of it necessarily. But who cares? And I'm sure he's done other movies, none of which I can think of. Um, what else has he done? Uh, he did Pompeii, which has an amazing ending. Uh, like I, I'm honestly like shocked at how good that that ending to that movie is. You know, I started that movie. Oh, okay. And I just didn't finish it. It's a little, it's a little rough. It's, it's definitely rough. Um, Last film released by uh, the the studio uh, film district. Oh, uh, who did Drive? That's right. Yeah, Drive is a very good movie. Yes, I uh, yeah. Let's see what else he did. He's he's done four of the Resident Evil movies, including the first one. Uh, the last three he did. Uh, he his first movie is this little independent movie from the UK called Shopper or Shopping. If you haven't seen it. I'd recommend checking it out just because it's like this weird little, like, angsty coming of age story. But it's like if the UK was like uh, Tim Burton's Gotham and Ridley Scott's Blade Runner. It's it's weird. It's weird and kind of bizarre and like angry. That sounds like it could either be the best movie or the absolute worst movie. Uh, I, I I think more people get mileage out of that than the rest of his like genre stuff. I think some directors should only direct low budget movies. I think when they're given money, they don't know what to do with it. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's also Jude Law's first movie. So if you want to see where he got his start, he's really good in that. The original J. Law. <laughs> yes, actually. Uh, but Paul W.S. Anderson wasn't the first person in line to direct this movie. Do you know who was? No, I bet it was someone better. Uh, I don't know if you're going to agree with that, <laughs> actually. <laughs> Roland Emmerich. Oh, Huh. Well, get this. So this is from Wikipedia <laughs> that I'm like literally reading off my phone. That uh, we put a lot of effort into this show. Um, AVP was introduced in Dark Horse Presents number thirty-six in February nineteen ninety. The two previous issues had separate separate stories for the two franchises. Number thirty-four had Alien story, and number thirty-five had a Predator story. 36 brought the two together. Yay? Hey, Chris Claremont wrote one of them. But that's like later Chris Claremont, so I don't know. Well... You know who the fuck Chris Claremont is? He wrote the X-Men. All right, because you were like, yeah, I, nothing, I, so I was like... <laughs> well, I mean, like, I don't have anything else to add to that. I, I didn't read the comics. I have no attachment. I was hoping for at least the... Oh! But, oh, there you go. I'll just edit it together so it sounds like, oh, yeah! Fucking silence. <laughs> um, no, I'm not gonna lie. My my audio had stopped recording for a split second, and I was like, "Fuck!" But it's it's all okay. Here. I don't know what happened. There. You can at least you can have my rambling on my end. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, the that original script was gonna take place on like some barren planet or like some jungle planet. The descriptions are a little like messy, uh, and then it was gonna reference like a lot of like space station stuff and talk about. Uh, like the alien lineage and like the purpose behind the cocooning. And it's like, I, I don't know, a bunch of weird nerdy shit that probably a lot of comic fans would like. I don't know if I'm guessing any actual answers. human beings would like. I'm guessing the comic answers a lot of questions. Yeah. But it's Which is like, all I, like Star Wars expanded universe stuff where you kind of go, oh, all right. Yeah. And then you choose to ignore it <laughs> in movies unless you're a crazy person. 
Yeah. I, I am assuming that all the other versions probably featured the Colonial Marines. Yeah, that, that was the big thing. It seems like as a cost-cutting measure, they made sure that this was set in present day and on a set. Like, they, <laughs> they really didn't want to bother trying to set up a science fiction environment. Yeah, uh, I think that was Paul W.S. Anderson's idea, because his pitch was like, he said he'd work on it for like eight years, mm -hmm. which is... Which is a lie. Bananas. <laughs> That's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's mentioned, hey, would you want to do an Alien vs. Predator film eight years before he made it? And he went, that sounds cool, and then he didn't think about it for eight years. <laughs> uh... <laughs> And he he pitched it to some producer, John Davis, who is the dude who was basically like wrangling the six separate producers from the Alien and the Predator franchise. Like, well, so he was kind of the head of like honcho on this endeavor, right? Mm -hmm. And after he pitched the idea to Davis, Davis, this is a quote, thought the story was like Jaws in that it just drew you in. It drew you in. You know what? That's the most accurate description of this film I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Jaws? Yep, it's exactly like Jaws. One of the greatest films ever made. <laughs> you know how this movie draws you in? Because you're literally drawn into a giant pyramid that's 2,000 feet below the ice. You know how it's exactly like Jaws? It's a 90-minute movie with 12 minutes of credits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this movie's fucking short. Yeah, they did not. It's literally just to get to... Something we can put on a poster. <laughs> Which is the alien and predator looking at each other. Um, no okay, it's a great tagline, though. Whoever wins, we lose. Which is not what happens no, in the movie, no, by it's, the way. It's, it's exactly not... It, you couldn't be further <laughs> what happens. <laughs> um, yeah. That's like the phrase... It's, it's Freddy vs. Jason had winner kills all. So... <laughs> I like that one. I like that one too. Well, remember, like when the Transformers, like the first one, when the, all the posters had like um, "Their War, Our World," and you're like, "Oh shit!" And then you watch the movie, and Bumblebee pisses on a guy. Yeah, <laughs> but it's a sound bite of that right there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> lubricating the man. <laughs> I remember seeing that in theaters and being like. I've made a huge mistake. <laughs> I was so excited for Transformers. And you know what? I was, I was really excited for this movie when I first saw it. I saw this in theaters um, with my father. I, we were same. both very excited for it. <laughs> um, and I was at that age where you, I still didn't really hate movies. I think it's... Yeah, so you, you think it's like the shit? <laughs> like, I, it was good. I, I did not walk out of it going like... Yeah, like, <laughs> but I went out and we're like, oh, that was cool. Like, that was fun. Um, but now it's like there's nothing. <laughs> I feel nothing looking at this film. The, the Alien franchise in particular has this weird, like, cycle of recycling itself mm -hmm. for a couple reasons. Paul W.S. Anderson almost directed Alien Resurrection. He was up for it with, like, Danny Boyle. I would also like and, to like, take this time to apologize to Alien Resurrection. <laughs> a movie which I still think is bad and I will never rewatch, but at least it had something. 
At least I remember it. You know? It's bad in a way that is purely bizarre bad. Yeah. It doesn't mean it's not boring, but it's... Like, that would never... That's the kind of bad that doesn't happen mm. all the time. It doesn't mean it's interesting or worth. Yeah, no, no, no. We're not saying that. But it's something that will stick with you. I can't. This is. There's one moment in this movie that kind of sticks with me. Uh, what's that? Don't you turn your back on me. And then he dies. I'm glad Lance Hendrickson likes getting paid. He's in Pumpkinhead. He's awesome in Pumpkinhead. Oh, I saw Pumpkinhead for the first time last year. That movie fucking rules. Oh, Pumpkinhead's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Go go watch Pumpkinhead, what? everyone. Pumpkinhead's the shit. Fuck this shit. What are you doing here? <laughs> go watch Pumpkinhead. Okay, what was I saying? Uh, fucking recycling. Oh, uh, and then this is a very similar premise to Prometheus, if Prometheus happened to take place in present day. Because it's just at the Mountains of Madness. This also, like, elevates... Prometheus a lot more, where you can at least say, well, at least really Scott was thinking about something. <laughs> All the ancient alien stuff here are, is literally just plot devices. It's not a statement about anything worth anything. Like, you could go into, like, oh, does this mean humanity is just cattle for predators to hunt? Or... Are we just this long line of failure? How did the Predators get a hold of the aliens? But, like, none of it, it leads to anything. Yeah, that, that was a big bummer for me rewatching this. Because I, I do I do enjoy this movie, for the most part. Uh, all, all that mythology uh, backstory building is, is the low point of the movie for me. Not that it's just, like, give me back to the action, which it, which it still is. But it doesn't... Doesn't it add anything like, whoa, like this is this is a lot to chew on, you know? It's just all right, that's why they're here. Okay, next scene. Yeah. Which is bizarre because the predators helped humans build pyramids and basically helped us establish civilization. I still don't understand what they were doing at the Arctic Circle. Uh I don't understand either. Building a pyramid that had whatever. the features of three different cultures. Like that's the big thing, because that's what links, all, like, that's what goes, oh, they worked on all the other pyramids, too. <laughs> like, at least fucking Stargate, like, the pyramids made sense. And Stargate blows, but... Uh. I, haven't, I haven't seen it since I was a kid, so I feel like that might be my Resident Evil, you know? I just watched it again recently, kind of like, you know what, this might be dumb fun. <laughs> and it just is so boring. Kurt Russell. I've never hated Kurt Russell in a movie. I hate him in that. Aww. Mm. Can we just talk about how the hieroglyphics thing is so stupid? Uh, sure, but I feel like you have a better handle on that than I do. But, like, no, like, here's, I don't know jack shit about hieroglyphics. (laughs) I really don't. But I don't have to be an expert to know that a stone-carved hieroglyphic of literally a predator and an alien facing each other is fucking weak sauce. <laughs> like, what the hell? That's so stupid. Oh. Like, okay, I love movies about, like, these scientific expeditions going terribly, terribly wrong, you know? Like, that's what I come away enjoying about Prometheus the most. Uh, and that's what should be really interesting here, you know, gathering this 
little hodgepodge team of uh, scientists and low-key mercenaries. Like, whatever. I, I like my, my, my trashy genre stuff. But it's, it's kind of a slog. Mm. It, it's a slog to get to from point A to point awesome, which this movie never really reaches also. You know, even with the, in terms of the violence, because it, it had to be watered down for that PG-13 rating. Yeah. Something that even Paul W.S. Anderson has gone on record as saying he was disappointed by, uh, like, yeah, that I was disappointed by, but fought for it in no way. <laughs> well, this is earlier in his career still, I mean. Yeah. And even now, I don't think he's got a big push for it. Yeah, but... He's, like here's the thing when they, when they say that his pitch was really good it means that they said this is affordable <laughs> and they thought his story was good and he knew to pitch something that was affordable that's he's, that's his way of thinking he's good at that it doesn't make the movie good <laughs> but I one thing I realized because like, I do like those like scientific expeditions that go wrong or not even that but just like any like expedition that goes wrong. I like the same stories, but they don't work for me in this Prometheus or Covenant, and I can't really figure out why. And I think part of it is because in all three of these films, and it's fine if you like any of them, I'm not trying to, like, shit on anyone. Yeah, motherfucker. But it's like there's no, like, logic to the expedition. Like, there's no, like... Like, I was just rewatching The Thing... And the thing is so good because it's like just it's like two thirds set up and then the last third just everything goes crazy. And it's this great once shit starts going off the rails and we actually they actually have to start working at figuring out who the thing is, the characters start making these decisions that then like either work or come back to bite them in the ass or like half work or we don't know. And just kind of builds the tension. You know, like, they're trying things. Whereas in all three of these movies uh, that I mentioned, it feels like those char- these characters are just along for the ride and only reacting to things that are thrown in front of them. Which isn't necessarily bad, but it's just not my thing, you know? Yeah, like, usually I'm, uh... You always hear those complaints from, like, certain critics about being like, well, I need a character to invest in. Like for, for for a movie like this, I would actually agree with that. But you know, if you're watching like a Terrence Malick movie or something, like modern Terrence Malick, it's like you don't yeah you, you don't really need that yeah <laughs> you know that's not what you're going and I'm not, for. I'm not even saying like I need to identify with someone. I just need to know what they're doing, <laughs> <laughs> and and it has to be more complicated than go from point A to point B. That's it. Which is odd because. The first Predator, that kind of is the plot. Although they do start trying things at one point, you know? Yeah. Um, here. Well, there you, you get you get a decent setup of what these characters are about. You know, they're not the deepest characters by any means. There's no deeper than, like, Hudson from Aliens. But they're, they're solid. There's solid foundations to them. And so, yeah, like, you don't really need to invest in them or, like, believe or relate, whatever, because, like, well, how would you even relate to Arnold Schwarzenegger? Yeah. Like, in any way. Yeah, an impossible but just, uh... Mr. Universe. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We can all relate uh, to being Mr. Universe. <laughs> there just needs to be, like, a foundation for us to, to believe in their, like, reactions and actions along the way. And here, you, there's 
none of that? Very little of it. Especially with the strong female lead that this film has, who half, they, they set up correctly, and there's a follow-through on what they set up, and half is just like, okay, I guess she knows how to fight monsters now. Yeah, yeah, I, I like uh, Sanalathon. Yeah, she's good, she's good in this. She got fucking nothing, but... <laughs> that seems to be a recurring theme on this show, where we get these really good actors that get have nothing to do. Yeah, I wonder why that is. Whereas pretty much everyone else in this film isn't that good, and they're pretty faceless. Yeah. Uh, oh, I, I am a big fan of uh, Ewan Bremner, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, from Train Spot yeah, the con- and uh, Wonder Woman last year. Oh, yeah, he was in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's he's a great little character actor. Also, doesn't really have anything to do, and he dies. Like that's the he's one he's one of the first. That's to go, one of the which is weirdest ones, though, because literally. He kind of gets some character moments, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he talks about his kids, he's taking pictures, he's not really used to such a dangerous expedition. Um, when the shit goes down, you better be ready. And the they all get separated, and he ends up with one guy. And they kind of have this moment where they're like, it's like, do you have a son? The guy's like, yeah, I have a boy. He's like, well, I have two. And that's why we got to make it out of this. I'm not leaving you behind. You're not leaving me behind. We're going to do this. And then they just die. Yeah. Seen later. And like, be, why even spend time with that? To be fair to, for the nitpickers out there, they get captured and the eggs get put into them. But they basically die. Yeah. Uh, I will say there's a... I want, I want to go back to that for a second because I got, I got a whole bunch of issues with that. That happens a lot in this movie, by the way. Um, I like the scene where he does finally like manage to, to shoot the egg that's about to like attach itself to his face. And then, you know, you see all the other eggs opening up, and it's like, oh, that's, that should work. I like that idea more in concept than execution. It was kind of neat, but the set didn't But it's just like, why? I do like that it keeps pulling out, and it just keeps getting more and more. Like, that was kind of cool, but the set in general just didn't look that great. It's like, too bright, you know? You know what? Because I, I watched this and AVPR back-to-back recently. Hmm. No, the sets are fine. Don't. We're not going to complain about the sets here. Okay. Just, we're, we're not going to do that. All right. Given, given what comes later. Uh, <laughs> it looks like it was filmed in someone's garage, but all right. It looks like it was filmed with lighting, and you know what? I'll take it. I know. It. I remember that, because I've, I've never seen AVPR all the way through. And No one has. You physically can't. I, all I remember is it was too dark to see anything at any point. <laughs> And so I just gave up. <laughs> well, we'll get to that bridge eventually. I saw something that when those two guys are killed, that is some of the worst editing in the film. Uh, when the alien comes out and grabs them? Yeah. Like, it looks like the alien is running at them, but then they're dragged upwards. You know what I'm saying? There's like a, yeah. like a scene missing, or like they, they were editing around something that just didn't work. Well, that's the thing, like, with this whole, uh, the, the setup for, like, the, the location of, the, the, like, this old pyramid, like, I really like the idea that it's, like, the shifting maze and stuff, you know, that should be, like, rising the tension constantly, and they're like, oh, we gotta, like, we gotta keep moving, we gotta stick together, and when they get separated, you know, that should be, like, when people are really pushed to their limits, but it's just, it's not, it doesn't do anything, it just kind of happens. They forget about the shifting thing once all the characters are eliminated. 
It doesn't yeah. happen again after that. <laughs> yeah. Um, should we talk about like exactly what's going on in this film? <laughs> uh, there's an expedition to the Arctic led by Lance Henriksen because who who plays Charles Bishop Wayland? Yep. Wayland in charge of Wayland Industries. Uh, not Wayland Utani yet, which does come back in the sequel, by the way. Um. Oh, boy. And, yeah, he wants to investigate this mysterious region. Wayland? Can't they just, like, can't it be another company? <laughs> there are other evil corporations yeah. in the world. If I think we've learned something. <laughs> like, Amazon might be Monopoly, but Disney is too, so. <laughs> like, pick your side, idiots. Whoever wins, we lose. And that's capitalism. <laughs> Uh, that's why I liked uh, Alien Isolation. For no big spoilers for those who haven't played that game, but it's not Wayland Utani. It's a different. It's a different uh, industry. I want to say a friend of mine got me Alien Isolation, and I haven't played it. Oh, it's the shit. Yeah, I've been meaning it's, to. It's the fucking best. I've heard it's a little long. Oh no, it's way too long. Mm. It's boring, and then it's horrifying. And exciting and thrilling. So it's the perfect alien game. I think that would get on my nerves. Because I played... Did you ever play Dead Space? Uh, yeah. I played Dead Space, and that, like, had that thing where you'd walk into a room, and you could see exactly where the monsters were going to pop out before mm. it happened, and you just kind of had to keep experiencing the loud shrieking. Mm. And I was just like, why am I still doing this? And I just... <laughs> I, I I actually I kind of like those games. The, the, I've never been all all high about them either. But also, you, I get what you're saying. You just stole your plot from System Shock Two, but whatever. Oh yeah, go play System Shock go Two and play System Shock. System Shock and System Shock Two. You got you need the fan mods for System Shock. Yeah, oh my god, the gameplay. The controls really suck, but it's worth it. <laughs> and all the audio files sound like they just drag people off the street. To record them, but it's a great game. Uh, uh, but you know what I want to give credit to AVP for really quick, just to bring it back a little bit? You reminded me when you brought up System Shock 2. Because mm. System Shock 2 is a horrifying, fantastic uh, space horror game. And that's and then it has this this weirdest fucking ending ever. Oh, yeah. Where it's like this crazy like ultimatum between like life and destiny and science and technology... And the guy you play just goes, nah. It's like some fucking 80s one-liner moment. That, you're just like, what just happened? That's cyberpunk, like, fuck the world. <laughs> Give the finger. Yeah, it, but it totally, it's like bizarre just to toss that in at the end. Yeah. AVP, for all of its many flaws, I think it's pretty tonally consistent. Not a big mark for it. If the tone is almost no tone, then it's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the bare minimum, but there's never a moment that pulls me out of the movie because it's like that was bizarre. It's just kind of like flatlined, like ah yeah, this is happening now. All right, we're moving over here. This okay. is the William Henry Harrison of movies. He's the president who died in a month. I was drinking my coffee. All right. <laughs> Weren't you drinking tea last time? Yeah, I'm back in the British. No taxation without representation. Unless you're a black slave. Unless you, then you get no representation. And nothing at all is yours. 
<laughs> and then we're going to build the greatest country on Earth off your backs. <laughs> okay, you want to know what else I really liked about this movie? No. I'm going to tell you anyways, because <laughs> that's what we're here for. <laughs> um, I like the look of the aliens, the xenomorphs. I think they're framed pretty nicely. Oh, no, There's just no, one no, shot. No, no, no. No? Oh, no. There are moments where they look really great. And in between those moments, it's clearly dudes in suits running around. <laughs> it's it's like there's mixed of like some of the best. Like I'll give this movie credit. There's a lot of great practical effects and puppetry in this, and they put a lot of effort. Because honestly, they were smart to know this is what people are here to see. Mm-hmm. Put the money into that, and there are some great moments. But there are times where the aliens just look like dudes in suits. Which is something that all the even alien aliens gets like shit for, like kind of ma- like turning the aliens into like more like disposable creatures, but they still looked alien in those movies. Here, it really does look like humanoid creatures with weird heads. From I don't know that I never really uh, felt that from this one. Also, it's really jarring when it goes from the practical effects to the CGI. Like, that, that is that is jarring. that's pretty noticeable. Yeah, and it's honestly there's just like flashes of it, and it just got on my nerves. Like I just because like you could see, like it was these ways to like piece like link together these great. It was like bad special effects shots linking together good special effects shots, <laughs> and it just got on my nerves after a while. Not that there's what much action in it. There's only like two fights, which are right. Yeah, which is odd. Because uh, uh, love him or hate him, Paul W. S. Anderson, I think, is actually a pretty decent action director, except for this movie. I don't think the action's that clean. Well, honestly, uh, I don't think the premise is that good. <laughs> Not like the plot. I don't think there's much to gain from putting Alien and Predator together. Like that, just it, like all it seems to me is like a comic book cover, and I don't think you can get that much out of it. No, no, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that I'm surprised that I'm saying even that. he could. Okay, well, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> no, seriously, I uh, think this movie could have been good in other hands. Like, and I'm sorry, you need good. you need a hell of a, a genre director. When I say good, I'm saying on par with Aliens. Like, no fuck short selling this stuff. It has to be as good as the first three Alien movies. Oh no! It has to be. We have to be willing to consider it. Could it ever reach there? You, you need a, like a James fucking Cameron level talent. So the answer, but no. In general, no. You you would need a, a fucking hell of an announcement to be like, oh yeah, we're getting Shane Black not to do another Predator movie, but he's going to do AVP. Like, then I'd be like, hold on, you know. I think there you can do a great. I think there's still a lot of not with Alien. Really, I think Alien's tired out, but that's just me. Um, but there's still a lot of potential. To, there was a lot of potential to do a good Alien sequel. There was still some potential to do a Predator sequel. We'll see in a little bit. Um, but I think putting the two characters together actually lessens them. Like, it makes them less interesting to watch. I don't think, I don't think there's any excitement added. Like, other than that one image of an alien over a predator's dead body. Yeah, that's basically what I was talking about when I was saying uh, it looks good. That shot's incredible. Yeah, that's, it was a good shot. 
It's I. It could have been a short film. <laughs> uh, or like, what was the other thing? Uh, I don't know. It's just to me, there's not enough to this to make a movie out of. Uh, and it, clearly there wasn't because they couldn't come up with a story. Uh, and honestly, like, if you like, it's, it's working on these two opposite ends, which is literally like. The story is just to show these two characters fighting. But it's not that interesting to see these two characters fighting for a feature-length film. Um, say what you will about Freddy versus Jason. I think when those two finally face off in that movie, it's engaging. Like, that was actually fun to watch. And the story is all just to get them there. <laughs> <laughs> and it's fine. It works. Yeah, I like this about as much as like Freddy versus Jason. Uh, Not a lot. Freddy versus Jason, but, but I, I like the it. Fucking water. <laughs> Although at least there's no homophobia in this. Oh yeah. Or a character who's clearly meant to be Jay of Jay and Silent Bob, but it's not <laughs> Jason Muse. <laughs> That's the last time Robert England played Freddy. Fucking wow. God damn it, please make one more with him. Just make a really good one. I know he's old, but you can do it. The fucking guy who played the original Michael Myers is coming back for the new Halloween. Like, <laughs> like and you really don't need him. <laughs> well, yeah, they recast Chewbacca. Yeah, they had, but they, had, they still had him for the first one. Mm hmm. Which is cool. I like Peter Mayhew. But. Just come on. One more with Robert England. And do it like that Curse of Chucky. Where, like, he's only, like, like Brad Dourif only had to do, like, a day of work. <laughs> Where's Brad Dourif been? He hasn't popped up in anything recently. Cult of Chucky. Well, yeah, but... <laughs> he's gonna keep... He'll be in the Child's Play TV show. Oh, yeah. But I, I just want him to, like... He should be in a Marvel movie, but they blew it because they put him in an episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and completely wasted him. Wait, what? I watched that show and I don't remember him in it. He's a dude who is, like, in a wheelchair and he, he can only talk through, like, a computer box that just happens to sound like Brad Dourif. Oh, that's right. I saw that one. And, and that. he ends up being, like, a red herring. So it was a complete waste. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? Uh... Alfre Woodard was in Civil War and then in Luke Cage, and she plays two different people, so uh, fuck it. Yeah. It's, not, it's not like the TV shows are actually connected, you know? Fucking do it. They just say they're connected, which is fine. I'm cool with it. I would like to see those characters maybe just walk in at the end of Infinity War Part 2. Hey, guys, what do we mean? Hey, we were also here. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. I mean, so you're saying... For sure, you you believe that there could never be a good Alien vs. Predator movie. I don't think there's anything beyond maybe a comic book or a, and a, a comic book that operates on fan fiction level. Which is not like an insult, but I, I like there's a value to fan fiction, but it needs to remain in the realm of fan fiction. <laughs> you don't make it in you. the movies. Uh, and maybe a short film. But actually doing it is not, there's not a ton to it. I get what you're saying. Uh, at Comic-Con, this is interesting, I just remembered this, uh, Shane Black, was he was asked about, like, 
the longevity of like the predator and the alien and stuff. And uh, someone brought up something about AVP and like how that was like dead and like what he's doing to like avoid that. <clears throat> and then he, after like a, another comment, he was saying like, I don't think the Alien versus Predator franchise is dead. Do you guys like? I'm, I don't know. It's like that's a weird thing to say. What do you know, uh, Black? Shane Black, tell me. Could maybe do something, but it kind of feels like the studio is dumping his movie again. So. <laughs> Like, Different studio, too. What the fuck? Know, like, Why are they doing Shane this? Black can't catch a break. Like, he literally caught a break with Iron Man 3, and then even that was trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Although, that got, like, 100... Or, that got $1.5 billion. That's, That's fucking crazy. It's so good. I like Iron Man 3. It's Oh, Iron Man 3's the shit, yeah. by the way, everyone. And I, I... He got to make the nice guys because of it. Mm-hmm. Which, fuck, I want... I wish, like... Next summer we would be we would be getting the nice guys too, or the nicer guys or something. <laughs> like, because that those guys are franchise potential, and no one fucking went to that movie. Yeah, I'm so bummed about that. You fucking pigs. You think Joel Silver would ever work with Netflix? Um, I don't give a fuck. Is Joel Silver's an asshole? <laughs> Oh, well, just because he's a, he's a producer. Oh, <laughs> well, he's he's the producer of uh, like every Shane Black thing except Iron Man three. That's why I just know Joel Silver is like a big like he's one of those like alpha dog producers, mm. like where he'll be the one calling and be like, "You're not fucking doing this. I'm fucking doing this." And I don't I don't like those type of people. Mm. I don't like like frat bros that are in the film industry. <laughs> We got Weinstein down. Not to say Joel Silver's like Weinstein. I don't know that. <laughs> seems like an unpleasant dude, but he doesn't seem like an actual evil person. <laughs> yeah, there's, diff- there's a difference. There's a difference. difference. I'm sure Joel Silver's fine. If you're listening to this, Joel Silver, what's your <laughs> uh, Earlier you were saying that Sigourney Weaver... Uh, participated in Alien Resurrection because she wanted to stop the, the makings of AVP. Mm-hmm. I did say that. Alright, do you have anything you want to elaborate well, on no, that? I'm just way? saying, like, that there was a lot of talk about... This movie's kind of talked about for a long time, and when they didn't know what to do with the franchise after Alien 3, there was kind of talk about doing AVP, and Sigourney Weaver, when they were kind of courting her, to come back for maybe a fourth one. She got wind of it, and she said in an interview that she thought it sounded like the dumbest idea possible. So that's why she agreed with she agreed to do Resurrection, just to kind of keep the franchise out of that arena. Um, that ended well. Yeah, that did. That went great. Yeah. Uh, Anderson also was trying to court Arnold Schwarzenegger for like a, to reprise his role as Dutch. Mm-hmm. Just a little short cameo on the conditions that he lose the recall election. And that filming take place at his residence. So that did not happen. Wow. Because he he was reelected uh, in my home state. It's time to terminate Gray Davis. <laughs> uh, and then I don't know if she was ever specifically asked about it. I'm sure she was if he if uh, Anderson went to Dutch. But Sigourney Weaver also said that she was not happy not to be in the film. I that's because imagine. Yeah, 
quote, the reason I wanted my character to die in the first place <laughs> was, it was because of a possible crossover. Oh, wow. That's so, yeah. You're... <laughs> Holy that's shit. That's a lot harsher than I had thought. <laughs> yeah. Um, how was Arnold Schwarzenegger's governor of California? Uh, we're still standing. It's all good. It's, no, you're not. It's not all good. <laughs> but <laughs> always on the brink. <laughs> you realize, like, the next big earthquake, it's just going to be, like, No Man's Land from that Batman. <laughs> oh, it's going to be Mad Max, yeah. <laughs> and then Hollywood will be fucking just falling into a chasm. Bring it all down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fucking ready, man. Oh, man, if Dennis I got Hopper bottles of water was... in every room of my house. Dennis Hopper should have been in this as his character from Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 2. Oh, fuck yeah. I would have saved this. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's... Not much else to talk about. I kind of like that about... some of the xenomorphs get like a uh, like scarred in different ways, so you can like differentiate a couple of them. Nothing again, nothing fantastic. Just like okay, I'm trying to personalize these fucking aliens. That's a, that's well, Cameron's fault because he introduced the queen alien. Yeah. Oh, I like the look of the the queen when she's breaking out of the ice too. I thought that was kind of neat. Just a different visual for the franchise. All right. Um. I just like to give this movie credit for at least sticking to a female protagonist. Yes. Um, which is something that even Ridley Scott isn't good at, apparently. He keeps having women leads, but then they don't do anything. No, he has them and then they die. Yeah. Well, no, they all lived in. Uh, oh, they die, they die off screen. Oh, that's even worse. <laughs> um, uh, although, well, she. she uh, Numi Rapace does make another appearance in Alien Covenant as a table. Oh. Which is... Oh! Really? Which is rough. Uh, ah! Yeah. Oh, that's the grossest thing I've ever heard! Well, it happens. Oh my god, I'm so upset! <laughs> <laughs> ah! It's so fucked up. Oh! Oh my god! Why'd you tell me that? I mean, I could have gone through life not knowing it. I wasn't going to revisit that film. <laughs> well, you know. I was just trying to build up to a stupid joke I was going to make about the lead of this film, and then... Oh, no, no, go ahead. He fucking had to take me to, like, ah. Ah. I can't get it out of my head now. That's. So, oh, <laughs> Do you want to try your joke again? Oh Christ! Hold on. I need. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's gross. That's. I'm not wrong at thinking that's gross, right? No, no, it, it is gross. Like not like a fun gross. Like. Ah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Come, come back, Matt. All right. Diego didn't say what he said. We're gonna pretend that didn't happen. <laughs> We'll just move on. Yeah. Um, anyway, I just wanted to point out that the female protagonist uh, film, she has this like monologue which talks about her father dying. <laughs> and her father died because he was an idiot. <laughs> like, <laughs> he fucking broke his leg and is like, nope, gotta finish this. <laughs> and then got a blood clot and died. Like, That's not a very motivational story. And then the guy's like, do you think his father, your father, was upset about dying? Or do you think he was thinking about drinking booze with his daughter at the top of a mountain? 
And I'm like, like, probably didn't think much of anything after he died. <laughs> like, don't don't frame it like this. <laughs> they could have climbed the mountain later. <laughs> yeah, so not not great character stuff that, in this like, movie. Covenant is just so like off putting. Like, I feel like I've gone somewhere now. You I'm so sorry. You derailed this whole thing. Because it was one of those things where you said it, and then, like, it took my brain a second to put it together. And then when it did, like, it might, it just snapped, like, where I'm at. When I got what those words meant. Well, I can give a little more backstory on the, the production before you, you come back fully. Mm-hmm. Uh, James Cameron and Ridley Scott were talking about um, a fifth alien film that would take place after Resurrection. And even back then, even back in the original Alien, he was Ridley Scott's always talked about wanting to go discover the roots, the origins of the species. You know? Always talk about wanting to turn a woman into a table? No. Uh, fuck Scott. And uh, the, the main thing was that they wanted to get the story right. Doddering old fool. Also creep. Uh, but fun fact, James Cameron, who had said on record that a crossover would kill the validity of the franchise, ended up actually really enjoying Alien vs. Predator once it was released. And he considers it the third best Alien film. You know, I've heard a lot of things about James Cameron over the years. About like his, type, like, his dictatorship type directing style. <laughs> and nothing has made me think lesser of him than the statement you just made. <laughs> <laughs> like he like used not like non-union slave labor basically to do Titanic. People got poisoned on that movie. Oh my god. Like a ty- like he like destroyed people's cell phones on the set of Avatar. Jesus. He just like every interview with him he's just so full of himself and I'm like, "Ah, whatever, he made the abyss." <laughs> and now I'm like, ah, oh, fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> like, what the fuck, James? Uh, so you do not think this is the third best alien oh, movie? Oh, fuck no. <laughs> this is below. Here's something that's gonna that might even shock you. This is below Covenant for me. Damn. Although now that I now that I know. <laughs> It's changed some things. <laughs> Covenant just went somewhere that I am not happy about. Oh, here's my final note. Okay. All right, take a guess what my final comment about the film would be. You might be able to do this. Um, Use your knowledge of Macaringo. <laughs> I'm just remembering your note from Alien Resurrection, like your single note, like good use of miniatures. Yeah. <laughs> I did not. I don't know. Okay. Uh, bullshit MCU ending. I don't no. know. All right, here's my here's my comment. At least the alien didn't get shot out of the goddamn airlock. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck! I should have thought. That's my last that. note. <laughs> Yeah, they they switch up the setting enough to not have to do that. Instead, it just it just sinks. 
And then the Predators come and take the... Oh, we didn't even talk about how they become buddies. Oh, yeah. That happens. I, There's a... I, you know what? I can actually get on board with that if the movie had, like, set up this thing where both parties had suffered such monumental losses, you know, because <laughs> of the Xenomorphs, where it's like, we have no choice. We can't handle it by ourselves. Now we have to do it together. Like, a better, like, director could have probably gotten something out of that exchange, you know, like, without dialogue. Because that's kind of what they try to make happen. Like, get this camaraderie going without them speaking to one another, like, or at least having a conversation with one another. But it just doesn't, like, land. It's just kind of there. And then they work together for the last half hour of the movie. And then they ride a, a sleigh out back into the world and fight the alien queen on land. I don't think the Predator has been explored enough that I could even believe that he could be friends with a human being. Mm. I don't know enough about the alien cult, I mean, the Predator culture. And it just seems really base and uninteresting. Like, no one wants to make any big statements about what the Predator actually is. You know? Yeah. Because um, you, you don't need to in the first film. But if you're going to make a franchise, we're going to need a little more. Yeah. I mean, even in the, the trailers for The Predator, there's that line by uh, Sterling K. Brown who's, like, talking up the, the Predators. Like, you know, they're not just making hats out of rib cages like they, they conquered space and, like, they're doing stuff up there. That gives me so much hope. That I don't know if that's being sarcastic or... But that might be at least it's something. Mm. It's just asking questions I've asked. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, at least like even predators, like there's a little bit of a like glimpse into the predator culture in that that I find really interesting. But here, yeah, I like I like that stuff. It's but here it's just like eh, fuck it, go away, go away, movie. <laughs> oh yeah, and then the predator is on, born. I put this on to watch. And I was trying to explain to my family why I was watching it. And my sister was so mad at me that we had to watch this movie. If you think I didn't like it, <laughs> I didn't like it. That's Alien vs. Predator. Then, blah, blah. Predalien. It looks cute. I like the, the last little alien reveal at the end. It's it's just a cute little, ugly little monster. That's it. You know, my dad. I just this is, here's a source that is my father, so I don't know if it's true at all. Okay. My dad's a big Howard Stern fan. How is this going to lead into Alien versus Predator? You might say. <laughs> well, my dad's a big Howard Stern fan, and apparently, uh, the director of this film. Paul W.S. Anderson, went on the Howard Stern show to promote this. And he said that there would be a definitive winner in the battle of Alien versus Predator. And my dad considers that ending of the Predator alien coming out of the chest to, to be a lie. <laughs> that means it's a draw. <laughs> Very um, upset about that. I, I don't want to call out your dad, but, like, doesn't that make it the alien the winner? I don't know. It's I care, okay. I care so little. <laughs> but it is kind of a draw, because, like, the two both die. 
in the actual fight. Actually, uh, so I'm Twitter pals with Liam O'Donnell, who ended up working visual effects on Alien vs. Predator Requiem, uh, Skyline, and went on to direct Beyond Skyline, which is one of the best straight-to-DVD action movies you'll ever see. Uh, it's the shit. And he was telling me a little bit about the, the his original pitch for an AVP3, which would have revolved around the alien queen having survived getting frozen in ice again, but with global warming taking effect, would have been thought out and wreaked havoc on some other part of the world. So the alien queen did not die. So that double makes it the aliens are the winner. Fine. Thanks, Liam. You convinced me. Thanks, Liam. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Liam, I mean... am I right in thinking there's not enough with this? Clearly you think I'm wrong, because you wanted to make ABP3. <laughs> You're not listening to this, Liam. No one listens to Diego <laughs> show. All his friends are lying to him. But <laughs> where do you take this premise? Other than they, when they punch for the first time. I just don't see it. You have to do something drastically different for a sequel. You have to, like, uproot both franchises, take them off Earth. I think if you're going to go back to Earth ever again in the Alien franchise, you, you have to basically destroy Earth, you know? Mm. Like, as we talked about it on the show before, it has to be like Contagion. Yeah, I mentioned you know? the Contagion-type sequel to Alien. Yeah. But no one wants to do um, that because they just want to go through the motions of all this bullshit. I was just thinking, watching this, when the scene where the a group of characters that have been set up in some way but don't matter at all uh, get trapped with the facehuggers for the first time, and, like, just think about, like, how scary the facehuggers initially were. Like, that egg, the build-up, the slow discovery of it, the opening of it, the quick attack, or then even in Aliens when they're stuck in the room with two of them. Like, how scary that was. And now it's just the thing that happens in a movie. Mm. And same with, I mean, even, like, uh, Resurrection and Covenant have that issue where, like, we're just seeing the same shit and it's not... You know, you can't do that as so many times. After a while, you're done. That's why I was really interested in that one Alien 3 script, even though the story wasn't very good, where it was like the like the aliens bursting out of people's bodies, like fully formed. Like, that was at least something different. Yeah, and remember, that is officially coming out in comic book form uh, this fall. And I believe they're tightening up some of the story stuff. I don't know how far they're going into rewriting that mm -hmm. but at the very least i'm interested to see like those that new brand of xenomorphs be realized in some fashion i think that'd be kind of neat yeah fine i agree with you this story is not that great we talked about this. i know i'm just like it's i'm so done with the alien franchise <laughs> <laughs> the whole retrospective broke me i just don't see where to go with it anymore and it's like even the nuggets of interesting stuff, like at least Prometheus, there's no xenomorph in it. Like, like I think Prometheus kind of is better than maybe I, even I give it credit for because there's just like the, the connections are so little and mean nothing. But it does like frustratingly like repeat that. I don't know. Whatever. I'm done. I'm done. I don't want these films anymore.
then maybe we should just stop the retrospective here. Alien the next one. If you can make an alien <laughs> film with no xenomorph in it, but it's still called Alien, I will see it. No xenomorph, no facehugger. Do something with that, you fucks. No Colonial Marines either. Oh, if they bring back Colonial Marines, they need to be the villains. Yeah, they need to be the villains, or they all need to die, like, immediately. Yeah. Oh, okay. Now I'm, I, I... There's one point in AVPR that I like that kind of taps into that idea, but we'll get to that when we get to that. I found a copy of AVPR in a bargain bin for $3. That's actually... I feel like you could find it even cheaper, and that's all I'll say about that for now. I need it, so... <laughs> okay. Uh, that's, that's Alien vs. Predator, the movie that did not set the box office on fire like they wanted it, it to. Highest grossing alien film. Really? Came out, I believe it was. Holy fuck. Box office wise. I don't know if like toy wise or rental wise, but. Oh, okay. I believe- yeah. It, it made like $170 million. It made a lot. And yeah. it was made on the cheap, obviously, if you look at it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was made for $60 million. And it was rushed. Like they made it real quick. Like, maybe, like, two months of shooting. Maybe not even. <laughs> Fuck, that's crazy. I didn't know that. Well, because they, like, it was literally like they were working on this Alien 5. Freddy vs. Jason does big, and then it's like, fuck it, AVP, just get it, get it done. <laughs> Gotta be changing the trends. Then there is no excuse for AVPR. I don't know what Holy it shit. is either. It's literally like, let's do an R-rated version. <laughs> And then that's all they could think of. Yeah. That's where, because now we're, you know what? Think of this, though. AVP and AVPR, the alien, the xenomorph is finally on Earth. <laughs> this is like this, the horrifying possibility that is hung over all the alien films. And guess what? It doesn't matter. <laughs> Turns out it's pretty easy to deal with. making me tired now. Movies suck. Matt, where can people find you? I'm at EmperorOTN at Twitter.com and YouTube. Oh, yeah. Is it going to be out? Nope, but <laughs> it might be. <laughs> okay. Working on it. I, there's a lot. And you can find me on Twitter.com at the EWO Waffles. Waffle Press. Check out the other retrospectives. Links down below. Check out Patreon so we can get even better mics because trying hard here trying harder than some things uh thanks for listening thanks for watching we've been professionally 